Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. So today I'm talking to Kevin Goh, CEO of the Ascot Limited. Kevin, good to talk to you today. Um, maybe we could start by um, telling us how your guest demographic has been affected by the pandemic, um, particularly in terms of the leisure and business travel split. Yep. Hi, George. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to talk through um, some of the uh, impact that we've seen through the pandemic. Um, as you know, during the pandemic, the quite a few borders in many countries were closed. So there were predominantly three main sources of business for us. In Escort, we've built a loyal following of customers over 30 years. Um, and these are really the extended stay um, customers that we have known for a long time. And during the pandemic, many of these um, customers continue to stay with us. In some of our properties across uh, China and Singapore, the long stay component of our business continue to stay at about 60 to 70 percent of our total occupancy. So that has worked out quite well for us. Um, the other change that we have seen is a shift towards domestic customers. So in countries with big economies like you know, China and Europe, uh, we do see a lot more domestic customers coming to us, uh, whether it is for domestic business or during times when uh, the periods of uh, uh, easing, uh, we do see people coming to us for staycations, uh, for alternative use of the apartment is a second uh, work location because uh, sometimes people don't want to travel down into uh, or don't want to travel between London and the suburbs of London, for instance, they actually lease some of the apartments for a couple of nights so that they can stay from Tuesday to Fridays and then the weekends they go back home. So we do see some of these shifts uh, to more domestic uh, business. Um, the third aspect would be government contracts. So we do see um, government buyouts in some of our service apartments uh, and then used for different purposes. Uh, some of them for healthcare workers who are working on the front lines um, and you know, some of them for uh, temporary quarantine uh, purpose. So these three sources of business uh, essentially makes up the, the bulk of uh, our customers uh, during the pandemic period. Mm -hmm. You had a remarkable year in terms of new signings, a record year in, indeed in 2020 despite everything, but to, to what extent has the pandemic delayed your program of new openings? Yeah, so the pandemic has um, affected us in a couple of areas. Uh, number one, the construction progress of some of our projects uh, were not as um, what we have planned out to be. So, you know, you get logistic supply chains being disrupted in various parts of the world. But despite that, I think we still managed to open close to 4,000 units in 2020. We do have a backlog from 2020 that was spilled into 2021. And, you know, situation permitting, we should be planning to open another 17,000 units in 2021. Right, so we are hopeful that as we get out of this pandemic, um, you know, supply chains normalize, construction schedules um, normalize. Uh, we hope to catch up on what we lost out in 2020, and we aim for a 17,000 unit opening in 2021. Mm -hmm. in, in most markets, the service department model, due to its um, self-contained nature, has outperformed hotels and, and other asset classes. Have you seen that resulting in increased interest in the model from, from owners, investors and developers? Uh, definitely, Josh. Um, you know, COVID-19 has validated the strength of uh, Escort's business model. 
property owners recognize our strong brand reputation and they continue to sign new management contracts with us. In fact, in 2020, it was a record year for us. We signed about 14,200 units. And we know, both, we know owners that own both hotels and service residents. And it's become apparent to them during the pandemic that the service residents actually develop, uh, delivered a more resilient performance uh, due to the long-stay profile of our customers. So just by that alone, we do get a lot more um, inquiries, a lot more opportunities uh, for owners with, who owns a building or has just bought a piece of land and just thinking through uh, what they want to build on a piece of land. Mm-hmm. You um, you put a New Year message on, on LinkedIn a little while back and you mentioned that one of the focuses for the company this year would be technology and robotics. Could you elaborate on this a little? Sure. Um, well, it's not just this year. We started our technology transformation about rough about 24 months ago and there are various aspects to this. Uh, robotics is just one part. Um, we started working with robots in our China properties. As you know, in China, there's a lot of um, delivery services, whether it's for food, whether it's for parcel shopping. Um, and you know, we, we found a trend whereby our customers like to order dinners. Um, and we do see a lot of delivery from 6 p.m. in the evening to about you know, 9 p.m. at night. So we had initially had our uh, colleagues running up and down uh, the lifts uh, trying to deliver these uh, parcels and food uh, delivery. Um, but we found an innovative way to solve this problem. We actually engaged with a company that deliver, uh, that built a purpose uh, suit uh, robot for us. Um, and, you know, we put two of these robots in one of our service apartment in Beijing. Um, and we see these robots going up and down. You know, the robots can actually call for the lifts themselves. They deliver the food parcels to the door. At the door, they will ring the phone in the apartment. Uh, the guests will come up, pick up their uh, food, and then it comes back down and then makes the next delivery. So to us, it's, it's not just uh, uh, novelty, but it's something that actually increases the productivity and it serves a real purpose in serving our customers better. Um, now, besides uh, the robots, I think we have also been upgrading our internal infrastructure. We have been very focused on moving our um, technology stack to the cloud. Um, and that makes us a lot more scalable. I mean, if you are on premise, each time you open a property, you need to install servers. You know, in the in in the uh, property, you have to wire up the network. But if you're on the cloud, you actually can roll out uh, properties a lot faster than what we used to be doing. Um, and on top of this cloud um, infrastructure that we build at the core, we have also been building different applications. We have just rolled out a application for our loyalty program, the ASR app. And in this ASRF, it's not just for our customers to book their stays, but also for in-stay requests. So through the ASRF, you could open uh, doors, right? There's a mobile key uh, that's attached to the app. You could actually request for services uh, through a chat with uh, the front office. And you can do a multitude of things. You could you could check out and view your bill, pay your bill for your stay. So the, the whole core network, the whole core infrastructure has enabled us to deliver a lot of these additional services uh, that we can to our customers. So there's a lot more that we can do. Uh, we are working on self-check-in using, using facial recognition. Um, we are working with partners that allow us to, um, you know, have our guests do online shopping, food delivery without having their own accounts. So I think there's a lot more that we can do in the tech space to add value to both our business as well as the guests that stay with us. Thanks, Kevin. Um, 
you have also introduced some measures to make it easier for people to work from your apartments. Do you think in the future it will become standard practice to include some form of workspace in, in all your future developments? Yes, um, I do think so. And during the pandemic, we have experimented with a couple of uh, configurations. We've actually emptied up some of the apartments and make it like a office setting. And we do have uh, feedback from customers who are working through the nights on projects, um, you know, the lawyer groups, the uh, project consultants, the IT um, systems integrators. Um, they, they work in teams and they need a space that is private, uh, that's safe. Um, and we do get some of these uh, inquiries coming to us. Um, and as people get used to working away from office or work from home, I think there is a demand for uh, such a space. Um, and going forward, you know, we are also thinking about incorporating some of this space as a standard offering uh, in our service apartment. Finally, Kevin, what are you most excited about for the business for the rest of this year? Yeah, I think this is a question that I think a lot of uh, people in our industry uh, would would kind of think around the uh, what what COVID has done uh, to the industry. So I think with the role of vaccines globally, with testing protocols, with travel protocols, um, I think what excites me most is how this industry will recover uh, in 2021. Um, and I do believe that the worst is behind us. Um, I think there is a lot of things that we can do uh, as soon as borders open, as soon as uh, life normalized. Um, and I look forward to the opening of a lot of more uh, service apartments globally, uh, especially the 17,000 target that we have for uh, this year. Um, for the company, I think we are also going deeper into the long stay segment. We have ventured into student accommodation. We have ventured into long term rent residential leasing. And I think this is an area that helps us build a lot more resilience um, in our portfolio and uh, help us grow into a much larger market that we, we have now more room uh, to work on. So the, the last part for us is really our co-living brand, uh, Life. So we have um, five Life properties that are going to open this year. We have signed up just over 10. Uh, this is our millennial brand whereby there's a lot of uh, uh, design that's actually done in-house by our colleagues uh, in Escort. Uh, we have a group of millennials who now design for you know, our millennial uh, customers who would like to stay with us, you will see a lot of co-working space, co-living, social spaces that they can intermingle. Of course, all this, you know, with um, the safe uh, practices in mind, bearing in mind that uh, COVID is just, you know, something that uh, happened not too long ago. So, but I, I think despite that, even the existing life property that we have in Singapore in Funan, has been registering very healthy occupancies. Uh, we've been doing about 75% to 80% throughout the pandemic. And that's a validation of the product and the attractiveness of the brand. So we do look forward to live doing a lot better in 2021 and the, the, the years beyond that. Do you have any plans to bring life to Europe eventually? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, we are in very close discussions with a couple of developers uh, in Europe. And I do believe uh, we should be able to announce something this year, uh, you know, for our first life brand in uh, Europe. Great stuff. Kevin, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you, George. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News Podcast.
If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, head over to servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our twice-weekly newsletter.